0: This is Arrested with Mike Brooks and Atlanta criminal defense attorney Dan Conway. Now that everyone knows a little bit about you, Dan, as in uh, your background as a criminal defense attorney and uh, and how you got started, and even we're on the other side as a as a criminal prosecutor at one time. Uh, you know, everybody knows that I was a uh, uh, law enforcement and law enforcement for over twenty six years, and we talk all the time, and I talk all the time about uh, the criminal justice system in america you know but what is the criminal justice system
1: and 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 who's included in the criminal justice system that's a great question um what i would say is and i talk about it in my book arrested battling america's criminal justice system um i talk about in the first part of the book which is called the beast revealed the way i describe the criminal justice system is as a beast it's a beast for two reasons. Okay, one, it's a beast because of its awesome power. You have the incredible power of the federal government and/or state government behind uh, prosecuting people, arresting people, taking away people's rights and liberties, and possibly throwing them in jail. Um, and so, it's an a, it's a beast with awesome power. I go back to what james madison said one of our founding fathers he said that government his definition of government was a necessary evil
0: Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people think it's a necessary necessary exactly
1: and and many people tend to think of it that way and that's okay because that's what it is it's necessary but it's evil well what makes it evil what makes it evil is the incredible power that it has to destroy our civil liberties and throw us in jail so it is a beast. At the same time, it's also a beast because it's a bureaucratic nightmare. And this is one of the reasons that really kept me in the system and kept me working as a criminal defense lawyer all these years because I've been in practice now for 25 years, yeah, is the bureaucracy of it. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just the nature of government itself. Government by nature is utterly inefficient and, quite frankly, a big cluster sometimes. And what happens... Is no different. What happens in the criminal justice system is no different. What happens in any other government bureaucracy, where you have a lot of inefficiency, and a lot of problems, and the dangers of people getting lost in the system, their rights being violated, all sorts of things.
0: But when we talk about the criminal justice system, would you say that the the bottom rung of the ladder, if you will, of this of this criminal justice beast, as you call it, or the maybe the 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 first foot of this beast yeah. would be the law enforcement officer on the street because he or she are the ones every day who are out there that are that are answering calls for service, that if uh, you dial 911, uh, you have a problem. They're the ones that are going to show up at your house. If you have an accident, they're the ones that are going to show up on the accident scene and... Unfortunately, even if it's a fender bender, if there's damage or bodily injury, that they're going to wind up giving someone a ticket, and that is going to put that person into the criminal justice system. Or you might get a DUI, and then you get arrested, and that might be the first time you're really introduced to the criminal justice system if you had not been in jury duty or something like that, where that, too, is a piece of the criminal justice system.
1: That's absolutely right, Mike, because um, so many people end up interfacing with the police first. It could be anything from a police officer at a traffic stop right. to a federal agent who comes with a search warrant wanting to search your business and look at your computers and files and these kinds of things. But it's usually at the investigatory stage and the police stage that right. people become involved. So that is like the feat, if you will, or the the, the basis of the beast. Sure. Um, and then and that is many times a person's first introduction. Uh, beyond that, then you get into the other players in the system, and they are the prosecutor and the judges and the defense lawyers, the jurors, the bailiffs, all the people that make the courtroom run, the court clerks, probation officers, on and on and on and on and on. Sheriff's departments, people that run the jails. Yeah, uh, Like you mentioned a DUI, DUI school, people who run DUI school, bail bondsmen. Sure. They're all part of this beast. It's not that the beast – is is evil meaning that just wants to go out and wipe everybody out it's simply evil because it's a big fat powerful bureaucratic monster and if you get stuck in this system whether it's for DUI or whether it's for investigation of mail fraud when you get stuck in the middle of this beast you have a hard way trying to find your way out it's you're kind of like a mouse in a maze trying to find that piece of cheese and you need help and that's where criminal defense lawyers Come in, but also good prosecutors, good judges, good probation officers, so forth and so forth. Uh,
0: Let me let me ask you. You know, judges, for instance, I I know uh, just recently Governor Deal, a week, two weeks ago, um, appointed a number of new judges. Uh, One of them is 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 a a friend of mine. I won't mention her name. Who is going to be with the Fulton County Superior Court now? And um, how you know? Do you when you are a young attorney when you're going in when you're in law school do you think one day boy I would like to be the judge who basically sits at the top of uh you know of of the criminal justice system and kind of whether it be on uh, in, in state court whether it be in a county superior court whether it be uh you know in, in a, federal, a, a court. federal court yeah sure district court uh, court of appeals the Supreme Court is that something that Young attorneys
1: aspire to one day, possibly? I think all young attorneys think about it. In other words, all young attorneys believe, uh, you know, that all young attorneys, especially if there are any attorney that's in a courtroom, the you know, the, the center is the, is the court and the judge and the bench. Right. They're the ones up on high, right, above everyone else, uh, with the black robes and all that. And uh, so, of course, every young lawyer looks at that and thinks... Oh, one day, you know, that that's going to be me. I want to be a judge, so forth and so forth. Um, on the flip side, uh, I, this is my personal opinion. Sure. Uh, I just think there are certain people who are really meant to be judges. And there are other persons who aren't meant to be judges. Right. I can tell you for my myself, there is no way on God's green earth I will ever be a judge and I have no desire to be a judge. (laughs) I know where I belong in the courtroom. I belong at the defense table. I belong advocating my client's case. That's my role. But for other people, being a judge is a wonderful thing. Um, I do think that you have to have a certain temperament to be a judge. Um, I perhaps don't exactly have that temperament from the point of view that my job is to be a zealous advocate for my client. Right. I like that job description. It's very simple. It's so simple. That's the whole job description. There's nothing else to it. Sure. I got a zealous who represent my client. <clears throat> yeah. And I like that. I like the – there's a perfection in that in a way. There's a crystal clearness in a way. And I wouldn't want to give that up to be a judge. Two, quite frankly, I like to hear myself talk – and I believe I'm the most important That's person in the courtroom. That's why you have
0: a radio show now. Thank right? you. There you right. go.
1: Well, so, you know, if I had to be a judge, I'd have to <laughs> sit there and listen to all these other lawyers talking all day long, and I'd go crazy. So, no, I would not make a good judge.
0: Huh. You know, and having been in law enforcement for over 26 years, I've been in the, court, in the courtroom many, many times, and there and there's people that I know that uh, that... Oh, God! I'm going, how in the hell did he or she become a judge? Uh, but then, on the on the flip side of things, there are some people, um, th- judges who really do care. Um, they care uh, that um, the defendant is is getting a fair shake. They also care uh, about the victim, who you know, someone who may have been a victim of a crime. You know, they're there as as their advocate as well. And uh, you know, and sometimes. I think you know, especially in, in, let's say, a city court like the Atlanta, you know, where you have judges that are there. I mean, they're dealing with hundreds, hundreds of cases uh, a month, and they're there basically to to sort things out because it's first time. First time uh, I've ever, ever went to went to a court. I said, "Good God, how does anything get done here?" You know, because when you go into the criminal justice system, it seems very, very complicated. And some people may feel, you know, that um, that law enforcement, you know, law enforcement and defense attorneys, it is, it's a big adversarial relationship. It really isn't because, you know, after the case is over with, you know, everyone is there. You're there to present your evidence. You're there to present your case, you know, wherever it may be, whether you're on the law enforcement side, whether you're on the prosecutorial side, or whether you're on um, the defense side. You're there to present your case and um, and for the jury and to convince the jury beyond a reasonable doubt that, um, you know, that a person is either guilty or not guilty. And and the judge is there as the uh, – I, I always said the judge is kind of the referee, you know, and and the judge who I hope has, you know, has a, a great knowledge of case law when it comes to different kind of cases, whether it be a robbery case, a fraud case, you know, whatever case it kind of be, that that he or she is going to is going to be the uh, the fair arbiter of, of what is going on on both sides. You know, and and people here, you know, I object and uh, oh, it's sustained overruled, you know, and and. Um, I I just think for someone, even if you've never been arrested before, go down, go down to a courthouse, sit in court one day and just watch what goes on um th- there's a friend of mine judge andy mickle i don't know if you ever knew andy or not here in, in the city yeah. of atlanta yep. and uh, he's he's been on my show a number of times yep. and, you, and he's retired now he had over 30 years on the bench i think he now sometimes sits in and substitutes for a judge that may be on leave but you talk about a guy who every single day went went to went to work as a judge and and i've i've heard from uh Defense attorneys, I've heard from prosecutors, police officers, and and people who have been on trial
1: before that
0: you know what Judge Andy's tough, but he's fair. But I've been he's fair. I've,
1: I've been in front of Judge McConnell, and he was fair. Yeah, and, and I think
0: and I think that is one of the one of the 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 best things could ever be said about a judge is that yeah he or she was tough, but they were fair.
1: I absolutely agree. And you know, and, you know it's funny because um, it, it's funny because when you look at um. The courtroom, you're talking about the courtroom and it being kind of a fearful place and all that. Yeah. There's, and it's, before I talk about the judge in that situation, it's interesting. There are different, as you mentioned, there's anything from a local municipal court to a federal court. Yeah. And I, I practice in all of them. Yeah. So when you look at that situation, if the local municipal courts are terrifying in a way because there's so many people in so many cases and it looks so disorganized. Yeah. There the judge can make things better by being organized and by helping everybody through the sure, process. Exactly. Right? But the intimidation is not the charge or the austerity of the court or whatever. It's the fact that it just looks like a big friggin' zoo when you're in there. It is. Now on the flip side, when you go to a district court, for instance. Mm-hmm. Here for instance here in the north we're in the northern district of Georgia and Atlanta. Right. We get on one of those courtrooms, your case is probably gonna be the only case in the courtroom. Yeah. Those courtrooms are enormous. Part of the intimidation factor there is that the courtroom itself is just plain scary because it's so big. It's magisterial, if you will. Exactly. And the prosecutors are all lined up. The FBI's there. The bailiffs are there. You <laughs> walk in. It's very intimidating. It is. But again, the judge can help set the tenor of that courtroom so that the accused or the victim or whomever else is coming into that system who's not a lawyer. Uh, feels comfortable. And the judge can really do that with how he or she handles themselves on the bench and runs the courtroom. Good
0: stuff. You know, the criminal justice system, it, some people think it's so complicated, but when you, when you really break it down like that, it, it's really not. But there's just so many tentacles to it that, that it may seem confusing to most people. Well, we talk about due process all the time. We're going to explore due process. You're listening to Arrested with your hosts Mike Brooks and Dan Conway on the New Talk 1067.